Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time again for Focus. This morning, we're talking to Ellen Lehman, the president of the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee. And things are completely different with the big payback this year as compared to last year. So we're going to kind of find out what the changes are and overall what the Community Foundation does and what the big payback is about and how you can help. And keep in mind, this year we're going online with everything. So let's get into that interview and find out what's going on this year. Ellen Lehman joins us on the phone so we can do our social distancing. Hey, Ellen. Here's what I think we need to talk about this time. Um, you know, there's a lot more desperation um, in this particular year. And um, I think a lot of what we are um, looking at in this particular run of the big payback is that the money raised by nonprofits is going to have to go further and go and and do more um, as we emerge from these three disasters: the tornado, it's COVID, and it is the um, economic fragility. Um, what we are trying to do is what everybody should do, and that's doing what we can to make this better. We have more local nonprofits signed up this year than we ever have in the past because these local nonprofit organizations need everything they can get so that they can take care of the people that they serve. Yeah. And so when we make a donation during the big payback, that still is going to help them get extra money, extra bonus money, things like that. Right. We're st- we still have prizes. We are still going to have, you know, the the closest to midnight and these things. It's what we're not going to have, and this is going to be different. And one of the things that we are not going to have is we're not going to have groups of people um, celebrating, and we're not going to have people who are having cocktail parties to try and raise money um, to go to their favorite charities. Perhaps uh, those of us who are supporting specific nonprofits can... uh communicate the way we have been with our friends and family we get online we do social media we do zoom we do some sort of platform like that and and uh, kind of rally the troops as much as we can then what i would do is use this opportunity where you're not getting money from other sources to call the people who have supported you through the big payback in years prior um, and ask them to do it again. You've already got an opportunity. They've already invested in you. Um, and so here's an opportunity to ask them um, to invest again in the work that you've been doing. As we have said before, we need everyone to pitch in during these four, 24 hours of, of May 6th. Yeah. We're changing the time up. We are actually going to be kicking it off at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, May 6th. For 24 hours, and it will there'll be more hours during the night that people may be able to look at the nonprofit organizations and what they do and where they do it. And can can I just tell you my one thing? Oh yes, yes, and, yes. And that and that is in our our first six um, years, which is six days in total. Um, we um, have had almost 25 thousand donors who have self-reported making a gift to through the big payback to a nonprofit they had never previously supported. And that's the interesting thing and that is the helpful thing about the big payback uh, .org that we can see all the nonprofits there and uh, research them and read about them and learn about them and, and find things that are near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. And we live here. 
So let's give here. Thank you, Ellen. That was Ellen Lehman, the president of the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee. That was her over the phone. Now we go to an interview that we did last year that gives you the basics about the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee. This one was recorded in studio. So the Community Foundation is basically an opportunity to help people help others. And we provide customized philanthropic services. Um, If someone has something that they think will make our community stronger, uh, we will do everything in our power to help them accomplish their goals. The lovely thing about us is that we're a charity and we have, um, you know, if you think about us as a large wall of cubby holes, um, we are the outside edge, which is the in the back, the stability and the strength and um, the stewardship of all the funds that we um, have been entrusted. It is lovely because we, most charities go to people and they say, give us your money to accomplish our vision. And we say, what's your vision and how can we help you accomplish it? It is a a whole different way of looking at philanthropy and um, empowering people to make this community stronger. How much money do you uh, end up giving to charities in the course of a year? So in the course of a year, we make lots and lots of grants. We have different kinds of grants that oh. we make, and we have about 1,200 cubby holes that we, with which we are working right now. Put some um, money in there, put some money in there, put some money in there. Well, it's not that we're putting money in. It's the donors have put money in and created something that is meaningful for them. Um, and what's really lovely about it is, for example, scholarships. Um, we have about 130 scholarship funds that have been set up, each with their own criteria, each with their own name, all working together in sync to um, help kids accomplish their goals and get them off to a great start after they leave high school. Like if I wanted to start a scholarship? I could come to the Community Foundation? Yep. Say, here's some money? Yep. And tell me what your criteria are, and we will make it happen. Like people who are unicorns? <laughs> <laughs> the unicorn fund. We don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much money do you need to start a scholarship? Um, we need an initial gift of $10,000, mm-hmm. um, which helps us get everything set up. Um, and then we, the rest of it, we do, we do, it's a turnkey system. Basically, we have a committee of volunteers, uh, most of whom have had a background in education Mm -hmm. and they go through all of the applications and make the really hard decisions about what who which kids can get which money Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not just kids I mean there are also adults that are going back to school and we love working with them as well oh that's great Uh, and you were showing me one specific scholarship was there one in particular that you wanted to talk about so each of our scholarships may be giving off small amounts um, but what we do with our committee is we take the those small amounts and we put them together sort of in a quilt um, that then makes sure that each kid gets as much money as we can give them. Oh. The other thing that is lovely is that they don't have to apply separately for all of those funds. They send one scholarship application to us and we do the rest. You find all of the scholarships that would apply to them and go, you got money from 10 different scholarships. Right. So if you happen to be a student at MTSU that has a job and you happen to have grown up in Cheatham County, um, those might be two separate. We have two funds that do those kinds of things, that support those kind of folks. It's just lovely to be able to intercede in the life of somebody at a pivotal point Mm -hmm. and to really make a difference and give them a real pat on the back by, by giving them a scholarship. Yeah, it might be the difference in them actually going to college or not. Yes, 
Okay, so besides scholarships, what about uh, the disaster response? Um, we started disaster response in 1993, I think. Was um, that when the ice storm? It was. Um, we started then, and we have just worked and used the resources that we have to help in disasters literally across the globe. One, I don't know if anybody remembers the Japanese tsunami, but that we we had a lot of gifts that came to us. Why did the gifts come to us? So that we could do the paperwork. We could make everybody got their t- who, make sure that everybody got their tax receipts, and everybody um, had was happy. And we didn't. We don't take any money for doing all that. All that goes immediately to Japan or to wherever the disaster has struck. We mm-hmm. did the same thing in Haiti. We did the same thing in Katrina. Um, we have done that in, uh, we did that in Las Vegas. Uh, we have done that in, in, I don't know, maybe probably a dozen different places. Including locally. I saw the Community Foundation was helping out when we had some flooding recently. Yes, we are. And um, we will continue because if this rain doesn't stop, <laughs> we may have a problem. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Is the Community Foundation involved in local businesses and helping local businesses or supporting them in any way? Yes, actually, we have a lot of tools that we can share with corporations. One of those is that there are, if if a company wants to set up a scholarship fund for their employees, they can set it up with us and then we can make the hard decisions and they can get all the credit. The same is true with what we call employee assistance programs, Mm -hmm. where people who have suffered a natural disaster or extreme circumstances or serious or life-threatening illness or injury or death in the family, the employer can have set set up one of these funds, and we will then make sure that the money goes out to help these employers, employees, um, and to help them over a rough patch. Wow. And the complicated part there is that we can't have help everyone because the IRS is looking over our shoulder, but we have helped, last year alone, we helped 4,776 people. Who were going through a hard time. Who were going through a hard time. And this is across the country, and it is started by their employers. Mm-hmm. It's fully tax deductible. It's not an employee benefit. Um, but it has, you know, most of the time when we think about disaster response, um, particularly if we are the CEO of a company, we think about our buildings and we think about our technology. Mm-hmm. And what we are trying to help employers do is to think about their employees yeah um so even if if the employees um house gets struck by lightning if they are covered by an employer who has a fund like this whether it's with us or someone else Mm -hmm. um it can really make a huge difference for them how do you find out what is available for you if you're in need at community foundation well so we have scholarship um applications that are once a year we have grant requests from nonprofit organizations that happen once a year we have the big payback to um to continue the ability to help nonprofits serve the people that they serve mm-hmm. and we are willing to look at new ideas uh when people come to us and they say well gee what i really want to do is set up a horticultural program Um, then we say, okay, how can we help you do that? It's really a lovely way to make sure that most, if not all, the needs of our community are served. Do people need to know how to write grant proposals and things like that? Scholarships are pretty easy because it's just a question of getting the recommendations and the things that we all went through. Um, But in terms of nonprofits, uh, there are applications. In terms of the big payback, all you have to be 
able to do is to say, yeah, my profile on givingmatters.com is up to date and all the information is there and I've been vetted by the Community Foundation and I am safe to uh, to give to this organization. Oh, good. Okay, speaking of the big payback. The big payback. That's coming up soon. If you're just joining us, first of all, I'm Anna Marie and you're listening to Focus and we're speaking with Ellen Lehman, the president and founder of the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee and every year we have this thing called the big payback and it's pretty exciting a lot of nonprofits are already gearing up for it what is that the the big payback is a an, an opportunity for organizations to share in the opportunity created for 24 hours and to encourage people to contribute to their organization within this whole 24 hour event or game depending mm-hmm. upon what you want to do what has happened in the community is that suddenly we've gone from every nonprofit clawing um, and competing for funds to one day a year where everything is absolutely collaborative. Now, there's a little competition, too, because there are lots of prize money. Um, but as a general rule, people are coming together. And when I get on there to support organization XYZ, Um, I may look around and I may find an organization that I have never supported in Mm -hmm. the past. And let me clarify about the competition. Uh, You said that there's some competition. It's because there are prizes for the nonprofits. Lots of prize money. Raise the most money in this amount of time or by this time or the biggest single donation or the individual donations. So there are all kinds of fun competitions. So the nonprofits that you're giving to could win extra money basically absolutely and that that has happened time and time again in fact over the course where this is year six that we're going into over the course of time we have had twenty four thousand seven hundred and sixteen people who gave to an organization for the very first time um, through the big payback they had never known about that organization. They had never given through that organization. And they read something or heard something or saw mm-hmm. something that they really liked and they wanted to invest in it. 24,000 people. 24,716. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an online giving It's an online giving event, although there are people who will gather in Rutherford County, um, and there will be people who will gather in Wilson County and who will have a lovely little party while they're raising money. Um, And uh, we will be on the plaza down by Bridgestone again this year and are very appreciative for their hospitality. Mm -hmm. But it is just a really fun day. And we have some great new surprises and some great new tools this year well so how did we do last year how did we do last year well we last year we had 902 organizations that were participating Mm -hmm. nonprofit organizations we had got a get got total gifts of 22,071 and we raised three million one hundred and sixty three thousand four hundred and sixty three dollars during that 24-hour period that's amazing for it's, those 900 and something nonprofits, $3 million. Yep. I wonder how much percentage of their annual fundraising that just took care of. Well, you know, it's interesting. We try not to have people just rest on their laurels for the other 364 days yeah. of the year. We think nonprofits, we're giving them the tools to succeed. Yes. But we hope that they're going to use that on a continuous basis all year, not just on the one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the average gift amount um, last year was $125.21. Uh, we had lots of 
$10 contributions. Yeah. Um, but that certainly, certainly adds up. It is amazing to watch the synergy that is created. You know, if you have an organization over here that is um, at doing the big payback, it may very well be, encourage others to do it next year. I mean, it really is, is kind of a contagious thing. Yes. It's fun. And you have all these groups that are doing wonderful things for our community, wonderful things, saving lives, changing lives, uh, rescuing people, helping people in need, and they struggle with fundraising often through the year, and then they have this one chance to Gets some big exposure, uh, community awareness, and some money. Yeah. And it is it is a wonderful thing to behold. I agree. So was the big payback your idea? Um, the big payback was not my idea. It was something that we saw from afar in different places. And, um, went, Ooh. and we're like, mm, well, if Austin can do it, we can do it. <laughs> and I love that you just picked that up. Uh, <laughs> what else do people need to know about the big payback? Oh, let me ask you this about the people who meet on the square. Uh, we meet on the plaza, mm-hmm. at Bridgestone Plaza. And then, so there are all these nonprofits and radio stations out there and stuff. So do a lot of people who are donating come by, or is this kind of more a mix and mingling of uh, the nonprofits and community foundation, the community foundation? There are lots of people who come by, and that's one of the reasons that we have it there, because mm-hmm. people go out for lunch, and they're walking by, and they see this party going on, and they want to see, and then they're prompted to um, to make gifts. And um, every nonprofit that chooses to show up at the, on the plaza that day um, gets to tell its story. Yeah. And um, that's a big part of the big payback, is um, whether it's online or it's in person, we are trying to help these organizations that are doing really important work tell their story in a way that can be compelling. Mm-hmm. I understand that because I do the public affairs show. <laughs> I understand that, and I love what you do. Okay, so what, what else would, were you about to tell me about? So I want to just tell you that um, in the first five years, while we love the three million one hundred sixty-three thousand four hundred sixty-three dollars yes, that. that we that we got last year, in the first five years we have raised twelve point five million dollars, uh, working with all these nonprofit organizations. That's great. It is amazing. There that's are a hundreds of, of nonprofits that have participated, and that's a lot of lives changed. Absolutely, because they're doing good work. Right, and the, their board members in, are involved, and their their recipients are involved, and it's it's really brought the community together on mm-hmm. so many different levels. Yeah. What else would you like people to know about this upcoming big payback? Um, so the good news is that we are tracking ahead this year in terms of registration, in terms of people who want to participate. And if you want to get involved in the big payback, you can actually this year create your own page or something. Mm-hmm. What is this that you've dreamed up for us? <laughs> so one of the things that we have been trying to put in place over the course of time um, it was a an opportunity for board members, let's say, to create matches um, and have those show up on the leaderboard. Oh. Now, remember that the leaderboard is the funnest part of the whole day because, <laughs> um, because it's like popcorn. When people make a gift online and it shows up in the column or in the area that is reserved for the individual nonprofit that they chose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, but that's the part that it makes it really fun. It is fun to see those numbers go up and up and up. And so this year we've added the opportunity to have a sort of a peer to peer fundraising campaign for your favorite nonprofit. Now, I have heard that there have been 
cocktail parties where people have raised money and then raced over right before midnight um, to deliver them to us. So oh. maybe that could be could be something else. That's another product line extension, maybe. Um, so payback parties. Payback parties. And, you know, the way the reason we called it the big payback is because we want people to understand that their lives have been touched by a nonprofit. If they were born in a nonprofit hospital, if they have used a nonprofit library, if they're going to Metro National Public Schools, they have been helped by nonprofit organizations. I have not met a single person who lives in this community whose life has not been touched by one of these nonprofit organizations that is on the big payback that day. And what we're asking is that people, no matter what the size of the gift, that we're asking them to pay back these nonprofit organizations that have had meaning in their own lives. Ellen Lehman, the president and founder of the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee, getting you ready for the big payback. Thank you for joining us today. So happy to be here. Thank you again. So now that you know about the big payback, a 24-hour giving, paying back event to all the local nonprofits, we've talked to a lot of folks from a lot of those local nonprofits right here on our show. So let's hear from one and hear some of the details about what those donations do when you make a donation, whether it's through the big payback or any time through the year. Let's talk to somebody from the Hope Lodge. We've got Michelle Ryan, who is the Hope Lodge manager. First of all, tell us what the Hope Lodge is and who it's affiliated with. Well, the Hope Lodge is a program of the American Cancer Society. There's actually 32 Hope Lodges across the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the one here in Nashville was built in uh, 2004. So what it is is a lodging facility where patients traveling to Nashville for treatment can stay. Uh, If they meet all the qualifications, they can stay there for free, and it may be one night, it may be eight weeks during a treatment. Uh, If they're a transplant patient, it could be up to 100 nights. And so all that lodging is provided free. You said if they qualify. So how does someone qualify to stay at the Hope Lodge? Because I know this is a huge this is a huge savings and this is a huge inconvenience for them if they have to go out of town and get medical treatment out of town or out of state and stay somewhere for that long. Right. So the qualifications are um, you must live more than 40 miles from the treatment facility in Nashville, have a cancer diagnosis, and be um, an outpatient treatment. So we don't do any treatments there. It is really just like um, a hotel setting. And so all the treatment is done at the hospitals or treatment center. Uh, We have two shuttle vans that we have that's run by volunteers. So they can uh, guests can sign up for that. We take them to their treatment. They call us when they're done, and we bring them back. So they don't even have to worry about driving, parking in a big city that they're not used to and not familiar with all the streets and and all the expenses uh, related to transportation that adds up day after day after day so with the vans yeah all of that is we get donations for that we get some grants from hca and sarah cannon they're very grateful or we're very beneficial every year we receive grants from them to help mm-hmm. specifically with the um with the vans and the prerequisite you said also is that you have ha- you have to have had a cancer diagnosis. Right. You must have a cancer diagnosis. Okay. Yes. And so is this for anyone, like adults, kids? Um, no, we are uh, specifically an adult facility. Okay. So anyone over 18. How do people find out about Hope Lodge? And then what happens when they walk in that door? Most find out about Hope Lodge through their doctor or the treatment facility. Um, 
or they may know it from someone else that has stayed there from their community. Uh, when um, when there's relays across the state or other American Cancer Society events, they always have information on the Hope Lodge because it is one of many of the programs they have. So it could also be by, by word of mouth in their communities around the state, around the country. So when they walk in, um, you know, of course, they everyone always has paperwork to do. And then we give them a tour of the lodge. So we, we talk about the shuttle vans and how to sign up for that. We show them the dining room and kitchen because it is a, a community living area. So we want to make sure that everyone knows, um, you know, where they can have their dinner, where they can store their food. They have... Um, they have bins in the refrigerator and the freezer and a dry pantry. Uh, and then we take them upstairs and show them um, the different areas on each floor. And there, and there we have day rooms on each floor. Uh, we have free laundry service on each floor. Uh, and they don't have to use, if say their room is on the third floor. Uh, they can go to the day room or the chapel on the fifth floor. They don't have to just stay on that floor. Exercise right. room is on the second floor, so everyone's welcome to use that. Good. Um, so, yeah, we just try to get them... Um, uh, familiar and, and kind of at ease to say, you know, you're here just to focus on getting well. Um, we'll take care of everything else that we can for you. And just really, uh, there's also usually some guests there that will greet people right away when they see them come in. And Good. that's a great thing about it is the camaraderie uh, that all the guests have at the Hope Lodge because they're experiencing something very similar, very scary and stressful. And But there may be someone there that's on week six, and they're very um, willing to help that person that's starting day one. Yeah. and encourage them through all of the all, all of their it. journey that they're they're starting. Good, that's very good. That support from somebody who's been there. Definitely. Means yes. the world. Mm-hmm. What changes have you seen in people from when they walk in the door and then when they leave? Because I know you have have had to see some people walk in with fear and desperation on their faces and walk out feeling a lot better knowing that we've made some progress and I've had a lot of love and compassion. Yeah, Lodge. definitely you see a lot of uncertainty on their face. Uh, one, they're not uh, sure about the community living because they really they're, they're thinking, uh, oh, no, we have to share bathrooms. We have to. And, and it's not that way at all. They have their own private room and their own private bathroom. That's probably one of the biggest things is when they first come in and they're not quite sure. You know, they're a little shy of talking to everyone. Some some mm-hmm. guests like the one you hear from in, in a little while, Teresa, uh, she's not shy at all. She, <laughs> she's, right, like, Teresa? <laughs> she's like our welcoming committee. I heard her before I saw her when you guys got here. <laughs> one of the stories, though, I like to tell people um, as, as far as the, the difference when they're here and then when they leave. Yes. Um, we had a guest come back to visit us about two weeks after he had spent eight weeks with us. And he came to my door and he said, you know, Michelle, have you ever dreaded going somewhere? And then when you're there, uh, you didn't want to leave. And then once you left, you couldn't wait to come back and visit. He said, that is what the Hope Lodge meant to us. And I, I get teary eyed talking about it because I, you know, I just gave him a big hug and I said, then we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing for patients. That's exactly what the Hope Lodge should be, the experience for everybody. And we'll get a lot of patients that are ready to, to leave and they're always uh, many of them are like really apprehensive because they're they're comfortable there. It's secure there. There's other people going through similar um, situation with them. Mm-hmm. But now they go back home, and now they have to readjust. And so, 
to get those comments about they can't wait to come back and visit. And and they do. And they'll bring back dinners or they'll bring back do- donations of, uh, you know, all, everything they use from the coffee to the toilet paper to paper towels, whatever they use, they want to pay back. And it's not always about the financial gift back. It's um, it's those small things like that. And again, that's then I know my staff and I are doing exactly what we, we were supposed to do for them. What do you tell your staff every morning when you're getting ready to face the new day? Maybe not as much as the staff. I know when I tell myself when I walk in that we're not in their shoes, so we don't know exactly what they're going through. But what we were brought to this job to do is to provide them the safest, the cleanest, the most comfortable place that we can give them during this journey. And so we try to we try to really be there for every personality we have. Most days we are full, and that's one patient and one caregiver, so 82 people. So you're really on a a different roller coaster ride with all of them. So you really have to, and my my staff is is magnificent. I will say that everyone is, because they they have to be prepared for all those situations, and they are so compassionate, and really approach it as giving back, not just a job. It's they are really passionate about it, and and they're there. For a personal reason, many have had experiences in their life, mm-hmm. family or friends, uh, that have went through cancer. And so they want to to give back. So it's not only just a job. It is, it is rewarding. I, I tell people all the time that it is so rewarding, the hope that you see in there, the thankfulness. Um, the 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 gratitude from people. As always, we're going to have information about the big payback on our Focus Facebook page, and please give whatever support you can. Thank you. Make sure you tune in next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.